1: Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms.
0: Hey guys, I am actually really excited about this episode. I think it's funny you're excited (laughs) about this because I'm like, it's a checklist. Like, (laughs) What is exciting about this episode? I'm such a, I don't know, is it a type A person that does checklists? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, pretty much everything that I do is in a list, and I plan my schedule, and and I like to have a plan. Um, that's just how I live. So when we were coming up with the outline of podcasts and we said we were going to do a before surgery checklist, I think my insides got giddy. (laughs) You are such a nerd. I know you're such a nerd because
1: I'm a list. I mean, I. I like to be prepared and I like to have lists, I guess, but I don't get giddy over them. Oh, geez.
0: <laughs> so I'm excited that you're excited about our trip. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I'm so happy. I th- I'm the person that when we're like, we're going on a vacation, I'm like, great. Let me go make a list. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're I so love funny.
1: Oh. All right. Yeah. So let on that note, like, let's <laughs> talk about this. Like, what are we going to talk about today? We want to talk about surgery expectations, right? And mm-hmm. like, things you might need or want. What do you think? What else? Yeah,
0: we- I-, I think. We have this conversation a lot with people that we're mentoring is just what to what to expect what do you need to do to prepare for surgery you know what do you potentially like physically need what what things did we find helpful right right yep and then we'll wrap up with like the specific items to consider for surgery and and how to prep for it
1: oh okay well I think that sounds helpful Sarah (laughs) before we get into that though let's hear from our first sponsor Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at
0: paxmanscalpcooling.com. That's paxmanscalpcooling.com. So we're back. So Beth, as someone who is a totalist maker like myself and preparer, I want to hear what steps you took to prepare for surgery. Yeah, I didn't take any steps. Oh, God, I was so scared. (laughs) I didn't. I, you know, I I think we're
1: seeing a reoccurring theme here where I was just kind of along for the ride and people told me where to go and what to do. And I just did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that I had one experience where a nurse had suggested that I sleep sitting up after my surgery And that led me to find a really cool organization that was providing recliners for women who have had double mastectomies. So I was the benefit of that service. And that I cannot express enough how much that aided my recovery. Mm -hmm. So if there's one bright spot in my surgery recovery, it was getting that chair and being Mm -hmm. able to sleep in that to recover comfortably. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that's probably the the biggest thing that I did to recover, and we can talk about that a little bit more. If you go and if you need a recliner, there's organizations that provide them, and there's an organization in St. Louis called Valida's Hope who provided my chair. There's also the healing chair, and if you want to buy your own, you can get them for $300 at Value City Furniture or so, but for me, yeah, that was, that was huge to my recovery.
0: Yeah, uh, same. I actually, I had heard about the recliner. I had got a recliner for Henley's room. She was an infant at the time. So I did a lot of, you know, nursing and rocking when I could. And so I had that recliner. But I think for me, what was my huge saving grace was I had invested in a wedge pillow which is the same concept. So you're pro wedge.
1: I am pro wedge. I feel like the women. Way. I feel like women are either pro or anti wedge. I'm mm-hmm. an anti wedger. Oh, why are you an anti wedger? I, I, I bought a really expensive one and uh, I hated it. Why? I I don't know.
0: Hmm. I don't know. But
1: initially, I I had a wedge and a recliner. I was like mm-hmm. super spoiled. But I did not care for it. Interesting. I found did- it hard to sleep on. I just, uh, I didn't like the angle. Uh-huh. It was good for sitting up during the day, just not for me sleeping comfortably. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So that was just me. But it's funny because women are either pro or mm-hmm. anti-wedge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both are really nice to have around because I felt like when I got tired of being on the wedge, I could go sit in the recliner. But Mm -hmm. when, you know, the recliner wasn't comfortable just because, you know, if you think about like when you're sick or something like one being in one place the whole time, I just need to see something different. I need to feel something different. So having the option of both is really, really nice. Wait, before we go on, can I ask you a question that has nothing to do
1: with what we're talking about? Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I do this I used to do this thing. I haven't done it in a long time. But like when you're sleeping in your bed, you know how sometimes you go to bed and your bed's just so comfortable that night and you're like, I'm going to sleep awesome because my bed feels amazing. Uh And then other nights you lay down and you're like, I don't know if it's going to get it done. Like, I'm not feeling comfy. I will actually like I think because to your point, like when you lay in the same spot all the time. Mm -hmm. So like I will go the opposite direction. Like I will put my head where my feet normally go.
0: (laughs) Do you not do that? No. First of all, if I did that, I would be sleeping with my husband's feet. That sounds not great.
1: Okay, <laughs> you... never mind.
0: Okay. Well, never you're mind. unique. <sighs> Let's get back on top. Okay. Um. Back to the wedge. I think we should probably explain why the wedge for anybody who is or what kind it of, is. Yeah. Or yeah. Or what it is. So the wedge puts you at. I would say there's there's all kinds of different wedges, but it'll put you somewhere between like 30 degrees inclined to 45 just Mm -hmm. to kind of depend. And I think that there's really fancy ones out there that are adjustable that you can kind of flip a pillow one way and the other way and and adjust it to be more or less wedge. But it's really difficult to lay back all the way on to to have the weight of your chest. When you're fully on your back after surgery, so being at an incline position really helps with the pain, uh, and you're not and the drainage and the drainage, yes, and and because sometimes I like m- after my last surgery when my my abs and my gut felt so mm, punched, mm-hmm. just using my core muscles to recline mm-hmm. was really really difficult, and that wedge was a lifesaver. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, really. We agree. It's really handy we agree to you need
1: to invest in some sort of supportive apparatus. Though, yes, right. Yes. Like, <laughs> like there is no way you should be laying flat in a normal bed. No. Yeah. No. Agree. Yeah. I, I don't know how you would do it, honestly. Yeah. Like I, when the nurse told me that, I I called my insurance company and asked for a hospital bed naively because mm-hmm. they were like, um, no.
0: Yeah, but yeah,
1: you need something.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be okay to like get up on your own. No. Yeah. I think even right after surgery, my husband would help me like sit me up, you Mm -hmm. know, manually. Um, Did you
1: did you sleep in the same bed as your husband right out of the gate? Yeah, you did. See, I didn't because Mm -hmm. every time he he's a tosser, Mm -hmm. like he tosses and turns. Mm -hmm. Every time he would do that, I would be like,
0: you know, So
1: initially, like right after the surgery, I was all about the recliner. But I liked it because it was situated next to our bed. So Mm -hmm. we kind of still went to bed together. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't even be in the same bed with him because when he moved.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Just, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, my my wedge was wide enough that there was no way he was gonna... You guys were on opposite sides <laughs> yeah, of it. The... Yeah, and we have a king-size bed. Oh, and, that and, and so him moving over there, and it's uh, pretty, it's not like a really, fl- it's not like a waterbed, but it's not fluffy. So when uh, he moves, I wasn't terribly concerned. Okay. I think I was more concerned about our... Five. She was four at the time, three and a half four, um crawling into bed with us mm. unexpectedly mm-hmm. um, and being awoke from somebody crawling. But, yeah. Yeah. But we have a queen. That, I feel like the queen was a little yeah, too tight. You can feel every movement. So
1: yeah. I like it cuz yeah. we, we we like to spoon, but yeah. not not <laughs> when
0: not when I'm recovering from major yeah. breast surgery. Yeah. So and it, and not that, that that sleep is not epic anyway right after oh, gosh, surgery. No. No.
1: Nope. Not at all. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you're going to have A double mastectomy, you need to invest in a recliner or a pillow and get that situated because sleep, I mean, sleep's important when you're recovering. Yes. You know, good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. Anybody that doesn't get good sleep can tell you how detrimental it is to your well-being, both emotionally and physically. Yeah. So
0: invest in your sleep is the lesson here. Yeah. So before we go on to preparing for your hospital and home considerations, let's do boobs in the news. Let's do it. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. So this is a fun segment where we read funny tweets from real people or ridiculous news stories. All right. Hit me. All right, Beth. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. Not all safes contain cash. Oh, my gosh. Where is this going to go? Not all safes contain cash. Not all safes contain cash. Okay. Last week, some thieves broke into an escape room business in the Netherlands. While they were inside, they focused on opening an antique safe. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is real (laughs) news, people. When they finally got it open, all they found inside were riddles. Oh my gosh. That's because cracking the safe is actually part of the puzzle, and escape room participants have to crack it. Open every single day. Are you? I bet they were really disappointed. Have they
1: never been to an
0: escape room? Obviously not. Have you ever been to an escape room? Yeah, you have. Isn't it fun? It is fun. It's so fun. Oh my gosh! So you should probably understand the concept of an escape room before you break into one.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, boobs, (laughs) boobs, totally boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do an escape room when COVID's over. Yeah. Wouldn't done. that be fun? Done. Like, let's get our group of survivors and just go have yes. a blast. Maybe some wine and some escape room yes. hijinks. I'm down. Let's do it. Bibs in the news.
0: Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news.
1: Okay. And we're back. So, we talked about the importance of getting supportive equipment, whatever that looks like for your surgery. Let's talk about preparing for the hospital.
0: Yeah. So, I've, I've had. I've had people, mentees, ask me about what they should pack. You know, you've mm-hmm. got some anxiety, especially now that COVID has hit. You usually have to have a couple days of quarantining before you go in for surgery. So you're kind of stuck at home with your anxiety of is coming up. And mm-hmm. what do I need to, you know, take up my time? Oh, I'm going to pack for the hospital. Well, you know, my my response has been there's not a ton that you really have to bring. Yeah, um, but- I mean, especially in COVID, they're going to get
1: you out of there as fast as you they can. Yeah. I think you get like what one night. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I only got one
0: night though. Yeah. And that was pre
1: COVID. Yeah. But I think it's one night and then they send you home.
0: Yeah. And you don't want to have to be worried about keeping track of a ton mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, you're not like, and we should on a bed and breakfast. Too,
1: because, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you will get a bed and breakfast, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's not exactly the same. Yeah. And I mean, I think for our lumpectomy folks, it, is it the same day? I think so. Hmm. Mm. That's something we need to ask. Yeah, for sure. Lumpectomy people, if you know, if it's same day, let us know. Yeah.
0: But you do need to consider something. So for going home, you're going to need clothes for that. And, and really what that looks like is you want to consider open front shirts and shirts that are mm-hmm. easy to get in and out of. I, I remember I went to a resale shop and bought a couple of like flannel shirts that mm-hmm. were a size extra large just to make sure that I had plenty of room right. to get into them because moving your arms around is... Yeah, cumbersome. Go, go
1: bigger yeah go bigger because you're gonna have a surgical bra on. you're gonna have gauze you're gonna have drains, drains and maybe a wound back mm, oh yeah yeah i was a big fan of the zip up sweatshirts yes my husband always gets mad at me because i wear more of his clothes than my own mm, nice. and uh and so his sweatshirts got hijacked nice. right before the trip
0: i'm sure he didn't mind
1: no, he's no. who is he going to really argue with me at that point? <laughs> I don't think so. I have the I have the upper hand in that scenario, right? <laughs> yeah. So zip up fronts or button fronts are critical. Mm-hmm. You had abdominal surgery, so loose fitting pants,
0: mm-hmm. like yep. something
1: that doesn't hit any kind of surgical site.
0: Yeah, especially if you're getting the deep. Just making sure that you know if you're going to have any kind of incision down low, you're going to want some loose pants that you can, that don't hit that and give you enough room to be able to be covered, but also be able to be comfortable.
1: Which, I mean, if you have incision sites or you have surgery down there too, you can use like maxi pads to kind of be the Mm -hmm. barrier between that and your pants. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people do that. Did you get no skid socks from your hospital?
0: I... Did but I'm kind of. Uh, Are you anti-skid sock? I'm kind of anti. Not that I. Li- I have skid socks, but I don't. Uh, maybe I don't like that feeling on my feet. But I'm kind of a sock prude. Can you say that? I really am picky about my socks. So I what? brought my own socks. <laughs> How am I just learning this about you? I really like soft cotton socks. I think I bought brand new socks to take to the hospital that were, like, pretty and soft. You didn't find the nice grippies
1: bit. to be super helpful for, like, the first time you have to go to the bathroom and you're you're not quite sure you're no. going to make it? Like, that is, like, how you get there now. No?
0: No. Okay. Well, I-, I was putting trust in my muscles to keep me up. Oh, well.
1: Maybe, maybe, for those of us who aren't quite so athletic, it was more of an issue. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, So bring socks to your comfort, <laughs> right. N- now we know you're yeah. pro wedge anti-sock. Yeah, and I am anti- wedge pro sock. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> We are so complimentary
0: of each other. You're you're the yang to my yin.
1: We are. Uh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So here's one that I did not prepare for, but you are not going to get a shower for a little bit. So if you're like me and have really fine hair and it gets greasy if you just look at it wrong... You might you might want to wash your hair the day of or the night before and then get some dry shampoo.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. others will thank you, and there's good clean, dry shampoo options. Something that I did, I actually Beth and I were actually talking about this before we were recording. But after my first surgery, my husband actually learned how to French braid my hair because I like my hair French braided whenever it's wet. We did a spit bath with my head leaned back over the shower. We have a detachable shower head. So that is an option. But if that is, if you don't have that kind of help or somebody that's open to doing that, dry shampoo is a really good option or, you know, the old baby wipe wipe yeah. your armpits and your yeah self down so you feel clean
1: yeah Split i invested that. in a lot of those wipes like the but they're adult wipes that's how they get you like uh-huh. you could literally just buy some baby wipes Baby wipes. i bought the fancy adult wipes right nice. thinking they were different they're yeah you know whatever yeah. yeah it is nice to just give yourself a quick freshen up you won't feel you'll feel kind of grimy I, feel, yeah. I mean you know any surgery mm-hmm. you kind of feel grimy afterward you're not going to stay very long but a phone charger i forgot my phone charger i really wish because people start texting you yeah i was really out of it for like most of the first day. But when you come to and you're bored, having your phone charged is nice. An extra surgical bra. uh huh.
0: Something to think about. I felt like I wanted to take a lot like, oh, I'm going to need a book. I'm going to have time that's going to be quiet. But you're so out you of know. it. Sometimes it's just you, if you wake up and you have a moment and you don't have anything to do, that's OK.
1: Well, you know, like I remember <laughs> my sister-in-law came to visit uh huh, and I remember I drugs work really well on me. Let me <laughs> preface it with that. Like it takes hardly any narcotics. And I am just like in another universe. And so I remember just being kind of coming in and out after I woke up from surgery. I couldn't keep my eyes open, but I remember my sister-in-law and my husband sitting next to the bed and they were just basically ignoring me because I was out of it. And they were just talking to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I could not have read a book at that yeah. moment <laughs> to save my life. I couldn't even peel one eyeball open. I mean, <laughs> So, so yeah, you're not going to be doing some quilting ladies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leave your crochet at home, right yeah. right, right, right. This is not the time to journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, right. so so that's really well, basically it for yeah, for preparing hospital. for the hospital. Mm-hmm. So for home considerations, I, I feel like there's a lot more things to just consider beforehand. So when you're at home and you're having that before surgery anxiety, here's some things that you can kind of prepare for for that. Getting that wedge again and then a, some kind of small pillow. I had two pillows. When I woke up, they had given me pillows to put Are under you my arms. Are saying pillows or pillows? Oh, my gosh. Pil-
1: pillows. Pill- pillows. Okay. I'm just checking. It sounds like you're saying pillows. <laughs> it's
0: the fancy way to say pillows. <laughs> okay. Continue. Pillows. <laughs> so you're going to want small pillows. Pillows underneath your arms. (laughs) Annunciation. (laughs) I I feel like it's a little bit more comfortable if you're not touching, uh, you know, where your drains are coming out. And it's I I mean, I don't even know really how those pillows work other than just they give you that comfort of something soft that's underneath there after the trauma.
1: Yeah, I worked for a um, company that sold the manufacturing plants. And I will never forget that one of my coworkers. he's just like this man's man, you know, like he's just and his after when he found out about me having this surgery, his wife sewed me all these armpit mm-hmm. pillows and the seatbelt pillow, and it mm-hmm. was the sweetest thing. And it really helped.
0: Yeah, it yeah. really
1: helped. So get the get the pillow for the car ride home, yep. or just for like you know when you're at home, just stick some pillows under those armpits, ladies. it Yeah, you'll be glad. Safety pins for mm-hmm. pinning your drains to your surgical bra.
0: Yep, I had a D clip that I used when I did finally get the go ahead to take even what's a D clip? A D clip is. Like a climbing clip, it looks like a really big, I mean, safety pin kind of, but you can, there's usually little hooks on the top of your drains and I would hook all my drains on there and then hang it on top of my shower rod.
1: Oh, you see yeah. those in the hospitals,
0: right? Like for yeah. hanging
1: the IV bags and stuff? Yes, like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just
0: a really bit usually a bigger version of it. Uh, yeah. Where yeah. do you get
1: those? Like Amazon?
0: Yeah. Amazon or you could get out of the climbing store or oh, right. my husband brings them home from jumping out of windows you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay there you go <laughs> button-up pjs uh, is really good just for at home it's going to be really hard to pull a shirt up over your head so again just like in the hospital going home shirt that's easy to get in and out of or those zip-up jackets
1: that was one of my favorite gifts from friends of mine they gave me really nice button-up mm. pjs
0: oh it was luxurious yes I really when you're feeling kind of yucky mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, let's talk about the drain belt or the lanyard <sighs> what did you use I used the lanyard. Well, actually, I kept mine mostly pinned to my surgical bra. Wait, but what do you do when you shower? Well, I kept them on the D clip. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I will say there is since since having my surgeries, there are so many cool options out there. I think that there's there's like fancy robes that they make now with the drain the pockets. pockets on the inside. Yeah. You can get shirts with pockets on the inside. You can get a lot of stuff. Somebody told me about it. If anybody's ever been a server, the little the little apron that you put around your waist. Yeah. That's also a really good option for your drains because yeah. it holds them right there. So I just got a lanyard, you know, mm-hmm. to hang around my neck and I was like, Oh, I'll just drape
1: it through. It's fine except for in the shower, if you're not paying attention, because you kind of have T-Rex arms. Like uh-huh. you're trying to reach your head and you can't really lift your arms. And so you're kind of managing a lot of processes. And I will say that if you're not careful and the bulbs fall off of the lanyard, they drop to the ground and they yank on, yank. Your, in- oh, <sighs> they yank on your incision site. And it is it hurts. Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's no. it's like an annoyance. And it's like, ow, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you're pulling them up and trying to get them situated on the lanyard. And then you're almost like... Worried they're gonna drop for your whole shower. So if I, I mean, you can't even enjoy your shower because you're like, please don't drop drains. So, Looking back, I wish I would have gotten, like, a shower belt because Mm -hmm. then I could have enjoyed my shower more instead of being in constant (laughs) fear of my bulbs
0: falling out of my lanyard. Now you know why everybody calls... I mean, at least my plastic surgeon did, but everybody calls them the damn drains. They Uh, really are And it's a good day, ladies, when you get them out. Uh, Like,
1: some poor women, they don't drain properly, and so they keep them in longer. Like, sometimes, like, we have a woman now that has had them for, like, a month and a half. mm -hmm. That's not the typical... And, I mean, I... I got mine out two weeks after and it was the best day. And I will say you turn a corner in your recovery once those drains come out. Yeah. You feel kind of untethered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like everything is better once you get those drains out. So you're not alone. Everybody hates their drains. It's just unfortunately part of the process, but they aren't forever. So
0: the next one on our list is I think one of the biggest ones having healthy meals around or or help with meals. So -hmm. setting up. A meal train, if Mm -hmm. you have to set it up for yourself or set it up, you know, through any organization that you're near, is super important because anybody that lives with you, your family members, are going to be busy helping you. Like, you are going to be their full-time job. And if you've got young kids like we both did, that's also another full-time job. And then just taking the burden off of meal preparation or just having something you can pull out of the freezer is Hugely helpful because mm-hmm. you are n- you're not going to be able to cook your arms again. T Rex arms, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and it is
1: really really helpful. It goes to that practical piece. If you're a friend of somebody that's been diagnosed, the practical things like mm-hmm. healthy meals is so helpful. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: it's so helpful. Or if it's summer, like. Get your grass mode, like figure out Uh, how to get your grass mode or, you know, whatever, whatever would make that person's life easier.
1: And I mean, really, at the end of the day, you just want food, but, you know, healthy foods that can help aid your recovery, good protein, healthy fats. Mm -hmm. That's that's really helpful. This one's kind of funny. So I had a friend and she just knew she had never had breast cancer, but she brought me a bag of fiber, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I needed it desperately because if you <laughs> do pain meds after your mastectomy, you are going to get constipated. And yep. anybody who's had a child knows this. It only takes one experience with constipation after surgery for you to be like, never again. <laughs> I mean, it is worse than childbirth. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and so for me, like I started weaning myself off of the pain meds before, I, you know, I left the hospital because I did not want to have to have that happen. Mm -hmm. And this woman was very wise and she brought me a gift bag full of fiber products. So it's not something you think about, but get the fiber, ladies. You will be glad you did. Mm -hmm.
0: Front closed bra. That's another one that will be, you know, once you get your drains out, you're going to want something that's easy to put on and and to be able to slip your arms in on the side Mm -hmm. is going to be a little bit easier than over your head.
1: Yeah. The surgical bra is Velcro in the front. It's ugly. It's bulky. Mine was zipper. Yours
0: was? I think oh, so. Oh, you got a
1: fancy one. Mm. Mine was Velcro nice but anyway either yeah, way when yeah. when that goes away you're gonna want an open front bra that's yeah. comfortable like yeah. a sports bra something soft yeah. as you recover and you kind of mentioned this before about your husband helping you in the shower but this is fancy i did not have this and looking back i wish i would have gotten it is a removable or handheld shower head mm-hmm. holy smokes that would have made showering so much better
0: yeah you can then prop yourself up use your wedge pillow <laughs> prop yourself in the shower? Up. well no outside of the shower oh. prop yourself up so that oh. your head is leaning oh your head is leaning back and and then you can use your removable shower head to wash your wash your hair or Mm. you can shower basically from the waist down Mm -hmm. um you know it gives you a lot of options with that yeah that that's fancy i yeah
1: I wasn't going to make the investment in that at the time, but looking back, I'm like, that would have been yeah. really nice to have. Drain records. So like yep. they're going to give you a sheet, but I ran out of room pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. if you have just like a little notebook to record your volumes, because they will not let you get rid of your drains until your vo- until your volumes are reduced. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I added this one to the list because I, f- I found myself wishing I had done it after the fact, but... When you do get your drains out and you start getting released to do a little bit more and you're feeling a little bit more ready to do it, putting things at a height that is accessible to you. So my in my laundry room, and I'm, this is a very specific situation. But in my laundry room, I keep my detergent. I have to reach overhead to get it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember one day being like, "Okay, somebody loaded the the." I, I mean, I think I maybe even recruited a kid to load the laundry, and and I was like, "I can start this all by myself." And I was feeling so proud. And then I was like, "I can't get the <laughs> detergent down." <laughs> did you get a chair? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I don't even remember what I did, but I maybe <laughs> just probably walked away from it, but. Forget you laundry. Being able to just, when you can finally get a little bit of like release, but you still are having pain when you reach up overhead, just being able to have that stuff kind of at an accessible height. It's really nice to forethought.
1: This isn't about the checklist, but I want to know your thoughts on this because you are a exercise person. My first week, you know, is rough. The first Mm -hmm. week is rough. You're kind of coming off the surgery and, you know, but after that, like after week one, I was walking the neighborhood. Were you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really helped. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they were like, you know, 10-mile long walks, but yeah. it really helped me recover quicker. And I don't everybody's different, so you got to ask your doctor about what physical activity is appropriate for you, but walking as soon as I possibly could and getting moving really helped aid me. Yeah, with, you know,
0: I'm always going to be a supporter of yeah, you early are. exercise That's true. even when you have, you know, any kind of injury or surgery. I was walking like 2 days post having a baby. So, mm-hmm. I'm very well, much j- a proponent for yeah. it. But I think that there, it depends on the time of year, you know, because a lot of people will say, I would really like to go for a walk, but it's February and snowing outside. Like it just <laughs> depends on, is it appropriate for you or would just be going downstairs and, you know, like walking around your house, is that going to be great for you? Or if it is sunny outside, that sun is going to add a little bit of extra pep in your stuff too. So it just depends on the time of year, but yes, activity is you're right because i had my
1: surgery in the spring so it was weather appropriate to take some walks yeah yeah you got to figure it out we are going to talk about the role that exercise plays in your recovery in a future episode we're going to have a special guest i think it's going to be really good so we'll get more into that before we recap let's hear from our second sponsor
0: ssm health is a proud sponsor of the besties with breasties podcast one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime. Early detection is key and keeping up to date on yearly mammograms could be life-saving. At SSM Health, we offer patients in the St. Louis area online scheduling for mammograms, including next-day appointments. Visit SSMHealth.com slash schedule to make your appointment now. All right. And we're back. So just to kind of recap the episode that I have been so excited to record. um, (laughs) (laughs) Preparation is important to ensure, you know, a a stress less recovery. So there's always going to be some kind of stress, but just making sure that you've aligned all of everything for home and then everything for the hospital will make it a little bit easier. You
1: know what I think we need to say, too, is that if you don't have a lot of social support if you don't have family or friends in town because we do get a lot of women that they live in a separate state from their relatives this is the time where you need to recruit help and services. So mm-hmm. that's when I'll really point to other nonprofits who provide that practical support. You need to kind of build your team and get an army of people behind you. And it's it's critical. So if you find yourself with a lack of social support, you need to, to reach out and let your nurse know and reach out to other nonprofits and recruit people at your job or your church or whatever you need to do to ensure that you get that support. Because- just because you can do it alone doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree with
0: that? Oh, for sure. And and I think this is going to be we've added an episode that we're going to be talking about here. And, um, you know, I think it's a couple episodes from now. It's just accepting help and what that looks mm-hmm. like and and knowing when to ask for it. It's mm-hmm. super important. So that that will be something that we are going to be touching on. But this is definitely Beth and I both shared about how helpful our husbands were and just getting meals dropped off and yeah, leaning help. on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leaning it. on the people. If you found this checklist or this information that we provided for you today helpful or you think it would be helpful for someone, we have created a PDF version of our checklist for you to gift or to download for yourself to prep for your surgery.
1: That's actually a really good idea. If you know somebody that's diagnosed, you could print this off and put it in a little basket full of goodies. So where can they find that,
0: Sarah? They can find it on our socials, so on at S J Hall Coaching or at Faith Through Fire, or we are going to attach it to the episode
1: notes next time we're going to be talking about infertility so this is a big topic in breast cancer especially for young survivors so a lot of times because of treatment family planning options are taken off the table and we're going to have a very special guest who's going to talk about the different options for young women diagnosed with breast cancer who want to preserve their fertility so until next time
0: guys see ya